Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning in to this week's message. My name's Aaron, and I'm on the staff team here at Eastlake. Everything we do around here depends on the generous donations of our local and online community. People just like you, who tune into these messages and see great benefit from living that idea that life is a gift and love is the point. So if you love what Eastlake is up to, we'd encourage you to contribute by going to eastlakecc.com. With that, let's jump into this week's message. Today, we hear from Bevan Walters as she begins our new series on parenting. Please check the description for links to our quarterly Spotify playlist and guided meditation. Hey, what's up? East Lake Peter here. I wanted to just um, kind of do a quick intro here for this series that we are about to start. We're really excited to hear from Bevan Walter. And to kind of give you a little background on like, what are we doing? We want to talk about parenting. Kristen and I have had these conversations for years now. Like parenting is hard. I have four kids. She has two kids, different families, but we can commiserate together on the challenges of raising children. And how do I like live as a beneficial presence in the world while raising my children? How do I have healthy relationships, both with my partner and all of my kids um, while feeling all the stress and tension of being a parent? So we've had these conversations for years now, and we finally uh, ended up landing on, okay, we're going to do a series on parenting. And um, we happened to come across, I personally happened to come across Bevan. Um, we were attending um, a, like a Zoom kind of during COVID call for the school district, and Bevan was um, one of the people that was invited. And she just had some interesting and helpful ideas for us, from Brittany and I, as we were parenting our kids. And so we invited, uh, we asked if we could kind of get connected to Bevan and she served as our parent coach for about eight sessions just to kind of help walk us through her model and her ideas and her strategies for how to be an engaged parent. And we just found it really helpful. And so that started a relationship with Bevan and then we asked, uh, I, I asked her, I'm like, hey, would you be open to recording some talks and putting together some content that we could share with our community. I think the things that um, you would share would be helpful. And she said yes. And so that is how uh, we get to kind of get connected to Bevan and we get to hear from Bevan's content. I did uh, just want you to be thinking ahead a little bit. So um, for the next few weeks, you're going to hear um, just kind of the, the stages of Bevan's model of how to be a healthy parent there. And so you'll hear all the details and she's going to share that. But just be thinking of your specific situation because for our final week with Bevan, um, we're going to do a Q&A and we're um, going to be compiling questions from all the different people in the community and want to hopefully kind of have her share some ideas and perspective as it relates to the questions that come in. So just want you to be thinking a little bit ahead and if you do have questions to jot them down, uh, we'll give you a way to share those and then it'll just be helpful, I think, as we wrap our series um, with the Q&A with her. So thanks so much for tuning in. We really hope that you help, uh, that you find this series to be helpful and that it helps you as you navigate parenting. See ya. Hi there, and welcome to the 3D Parent Model, a simple approach for parenting complex kids. My name is Bevan Walters, and I am the founder of The 3D Parent. I'm a certified parent coach, and I specialize in supporting parents of highly sensitive children. I'm also a certified teacher, 
and I am the host of the 3D Parent Podcast. I also am a public speaker, speaking both on air as well as in person and virtually for various organizations. And I also run the 3D Parent Village, which is a supportive membership community online for families of highly sensitive children. So before diving into the content of what it is to be a 3D parent or what the 3D parent model means, I thought it would be helpful for me to first give a little bit of a backstory and introduction into me and how I came to develop this model. And that um, comes from my own journey. First, working with children as a teacher. As I mentioned, I was a certified teacher initially, and I worked as a teacher in a variety of settings from an independent international school abroad to a charter school and also a traditional public school classroom in Western Washington, where I am located. I loved being a teacher and it really fulfilled my calling to work with kids. But when my husband and I learned that we were expecting our firstborn, I decided to take a break and focus on uh, raising our firstborn child. I thought this was gonna be a piece of cake. After all, I had been a teacher. I had managed as many as 32 kids in a classroom. What was one child going to bring to the table that I hadn't been able to manage on a larger scale? Well, the first year of parenting was challenging, but we kind of experienced the typical challenges of adjusting to parenthood, figuring out feeding and sleep schedules and adjusting to life as parents. But as my daughter grew a little bit older into the toddler years, it became clear that she had a real intense personality. And I was up to the challenge trying to figure out how to um, address this and try and figure out how to stop the problematic behaviors. She had big intense reactions to frustration, lots of tantrums, and was incredibly strong-willed. Everything felt like a power struggle. So I searched out any answer I could find. I bought all the parenting books. I took parenting classes and I would implement what I was learning at home, hoping that something would be effective, something would help make this process of parenting less frustrating and difficult. But nothing seemed to work. My child started becoming even more defiant, having bigger explosions, and I was losing it constantly. I was so frustrated that I had a hard time even enjoying being a parent altogether. Our, she was, my daughter was not thriving. She was struggling, and our relationship was certainly not thriving. It was really unpleasant a lot of the time. When my daughter was about two and a half, my, um, I had our second born child and that certainly didn't make anything easier. In fact, things got even more intense, but I kept plugging along, looking for answers. Some expert was gonna know what to do or give me the right set of uh, tricks and tips to help me meet the needs of my daughter. And in my journey to kind of find the answers, at one point I stumbled upon something called parent coaching. Now, it may have been a little bit saner to just go and hire a parent coach, which I recommend everybody do, um, but instead I decided to get a certification. And I thought initially it had nothing to do with wanting to have a career as a parent coach. It had everything to do with wanting to be the parent my daughter needed to be and my son. Again, at that point I had two kids. I, I wanted to learn how to be the parent they needed and deserved. 
as I was learning, I recognized a lot of things that I had been trying. Um, I understood why they were backfiring. And a lot of it had to do with me not really being grounded as a parent. I was approaching parent a lot like a teacher. And there's a difference. Yes, I might have had some unique insights to child development and education, but certainly not into how to do this parenting thing. Well, I learned that in my parent coach training. And as I was implementing what I was learning, there was this incredible turnaround in not only my children and their development and moving beyond these problematic behaviors, but also in our relationship. My daughter started to thrive in a way she hadn't been prior to this big paradigm shift that I had made. And our relationship was finally really thriving as well. So I felt such incredible gratitude for this process I had walked through that I felt called to work in this field after all. Initially, I did that back in the classroom. A local public school hired me on a contract to develop a social emotional learning program. Um, I called it Character Works. I kind of married all of my interests of teaching, child development, parenting, and also performing arts. That's another one of my backgrounds and passions. And I developed this program to teach about social emotional learning with children. And then I incorporated uh, a component where I would work with the parents doing parenting workshops. I really liked developing this program and the school really liked having me there. In fact, every year they would add more classes to my load. However, what I really felt called towards was doing more work with parents and supporting the parents. And I was spending the majority of my time still working with kids. So I, um, after we added a few more children to our family, after the birth of my third and fourth born, I took a pause from um, teaching my character works program and waited for kind of the next opportunity to arise. It did about a year after stopping um, teaching the character works program when I was invited to join a therapy practice as a parent coach on staff. And that was when I really got a chance to do the work that is my passion and focus, supporting parents and helping parents learn how to develop the skills and make the same types of paradigm shifts that I had made so they could become the parenting expert of their own children. There's not a parenting expert that can actually know what your family needs. It's individualized and hence why all of these um, different strategies and books and parenting approaches I was utilizing weren't really working because they were geared towards a generic type child and my child was far from generic. So what I developed through my work as a parent coach is what I call the 3D parent approach, parenting with dignity, direction, and deep connection. That is the model, the framework that empowers parents to be the experts of their own families. Before diving into the three Ds, um, and there's gonna be one module for each one of the Ds, I thought I would give you just a brief overview of what each of these Ds means. And then I'm gonna focus on the purpose of this first module, which is to ground yourself and become grounded as the 3D parent. What even is that? I'll get there, I promise. Real quick though, the three Ds. Uh, first, I'll start off with direction. Direction is all about using what I call the 3D parent lens to learn to decode behaviors rather than just react to behaviors or try and stop behaviors. 
decode behaviors and determine their root cause. What is driving those behaviors? That is what empowers parents to become the experts of their children. First and foremost, getting their eyes out of a book or some other expert's advice and instead turning their focus to their child. The direction of focus needs to be towards the child. That's where the answers to why is my child behaving this way lie. So direction is all about figuring out your direction based on looking at your child and learning to decode their behaviors. The second D, deep connection, is all about laying the foundation for a secure, deep connection between parent and child. One that can be sustained lifelong from the time you're raising them when they're little ones, all the way through that transition through the tween and teen years and then into adulthood. This deep connection is what I call the only essential tool every parent needs to have in their parenting toolbox. If that deep connection is really solidly rooted and secure, it makes everything else so much easier. And of course, the third D, dignity and discipline. Discipline is what parents are, yeah, I, great connection with my child, that's important, sure, that sounds great. Understanding why they do what they do, okay, that sounds good, but just tell me what to do as far as discipline. It's all interconnected and you don't take one without the other. So the third D is dignity and discipline. This is utilizing discipline practices which are relationship safe and developmentally appropriate and preserves the dignity of both the parent and child. Um, it also incorporates learning how to turn on a child's natural instincts to listen, to follow, to take direction from and orient to parents and caregivers and end those endless power struggles. So dignity and discipline is uh, when we'll cover kind of how all of this relates to your actions at home to uh, when it comes to discipline. But as I said, there's gonna be a module, there's gonna be a separate um, module for each one of the three Ds to go a lot deeper and give you a lot more insight into how to incorporate this 3D parent model into your own parenting practices. But tonight, it's all about grounding you, or tonight, I don't know why I said tonight. Today, this session is all about grounding you in your role as a 3D parent. And this is about looking at how you're showing up as a parent and your intentions, how you intend to show up and nurture and guide your children. I call the essence of the 3D parent, that role, as the nurturing alpha. Uh, let's talk about alpha first. Pretty self-explanatory. We use the term alpha a lot when referring to the animal kingdom. The alpha is the one who's in charge, and that is the natural role of the parents. Um, it should be clear, and there's a lot of parents who come to work with me, and they say they're not in control, they're not in the lead, the kids are. So it's a really challenging thing to parent when you don't feel that you are the uh, alpha of your household. So we work on that. So establishing yourself in that role, grounding yourself in the clear leader of your household, but learning to do so in a way that's also nurturing, that doesn't take advantage of young children, their smallness, and gain that alpha stance through fear and intimidation. We don't wanna be doing that because that will really quickly erode the potential for a strong, safe, secure relationship. That is the other piece of this parenting goal to develop that. 
So the nurturing side of being the nurturing alpha, I want to go into in a little bit more depth. There is a common um, kind of saying, uh, do you sometimes with leadership trainings in the business world, but it's also been used frequently. There's many books written on the subject of the sculptor versus the gardener when we're referring to how we are, uh, our focus when leading in, in this case, parenting. So the sculptor first. So a parent who is uh, taking this kind of uh, perspective and showing up as a sculptor is really looking at children is almost like it's a kind of blank slate, a lump of clay, a piece of wood. And their goal is to mold and shape that piece of clay into this like functional human being. And they go about that by focusing on the behaviors and cutting away the behaviors they don't want to see and then encouraging or adding to the behaviors they do want to see. You notice I've said behavior, behavior, behavior. Well, that's very much the focus of sculptor parenting based around behaviorist theory that was developed by Skinner. If any of you took Psych 101, you remember hearing about the experiments done on rats about behavior where the rats would be in a maze and they go one direction and they get a piece of cheese. And if they go the other direction, they get an electric shock. The idea here was with the right um, consequent punishment or reward, you could train the behavior that you want to see in mice and humans. So this behaviorist um, way of thinking is very alive and well in our society and very common in parenting practices. Um, sculptor parenting focuses on actions, behaviors, and performance, acting the way in which the parent wants the child to look, training the child to act a certain way, to act more mature and to stop acting less mature, the problematic behaviors that you could see um, coming from a young child. Um, Sculptor parenting in this way, this behaviorist way, focuses a lot, again, on rewards and punishments and consequences, also on conditional praise, uh, rewarding and praising good behaviors, and also on coercion. So kind of the idea of the carrot and the stick to try and encourage behaviors. Um, this type of behaviorist methodology also uses a lot of the language around choices, making good choices versus bad choices, rewarding good choices and consequences or punishments for bad choices. That all falls under this category of parenting like the sculptor. In contrast, we have the gardener parent. The gardener parent doesn't see a infant or a young child as this blank slate or lump of clay, but rather as this seed, this plant that already has its own unique wiring and temperament and the role of the gardener parent is to nurture that seed, that child, and kind of create the environment to support their growth and development so that they can thrive and reach their own unique potential. Not the potential the parent necessarily wants to see, although it'd be great, of course, if those go hand in hand, but it's really about helping support the child become their best self and emerge as this confident, emotionally healthy, mature adult. Um, at the end of um, those 18 years <laughs> or, or into early adulthood, perhaps. So the, uh, in contrast to the behaviorist theories that kind of fuel people who are parenting um, from the sculptor perspective, 
the gardener parent is really coming from the perspective of developmentalism, child development, taking into account a child uh, being somewhere on the developmental uh, spectrum and then supporting the continued growth and development so children don't stay stuck in immaturity or immature behaviors. They're continuing to grow and develop. Uh, Gardener parents also really focus on emotions and emotion, emotion coaching and also decoding behaviors and making sense of behaviors versus just reacting or punishing or encouraging behaviors. There's a lot of focus in gardening parenting on the relationship and using that connection, that attachment, that bond to lead and also um, to be the core of how a discipline is approached. So you probably could guess from how I shared these two that my bias is towards the gardener perspective. And I also shared with you that the focus is um, on child, my focus is on child development and understanding how you can encourage a child's growth and development by understanding who they are and why they do what they do. So the problems with sculptor parenting is, you know, it's well-intended, but it's so focused on behaviors that it's really just focused, it's really a more of a superficial approach to addressing um, raising children. Um, it could be successful in getting children to act more mature and perform in a way that is more in liking with the parents or society's expectations. But what we're going for here is something much more, um, has much more depth. We're looking for not just performing as more mature, acting more mature. We actually are trying to encourage children to become more mature and to develop maturity through, again, how we are supporting that development, which all comes down to how we're showing up and how grounded we are in our parenting. So the 3D parent, like I've said, uses the developmental lens, the, that of a nurturing alpha, the gardener, however you want to refer to it. I like nurturing alpha because I think it really paints the picture pretty succinctly. Um, we're looking again for emotional maturity that is authentic. Um, we're also taking into account that there's three factors really in play at a child developing and maturing. There is the child's own unique blueprint, their own unique temperament, um, their own wiring um, from a neurological perspective. Then there's the second component, which is the natural processes in play that grow a child up um, in terms of how maturity unfolds on a physical level and on a brain development level. And then there's the third piece, and that's how we are showing up to help guide and nurture these children and provide that rich soil in which for them to grow and flourish. Um, Again, the focus is away from trying to control behaviors and instead decode problematic behaviors and make sense of them. And if I've not said enough already, you're gonna hear me say it more. Above all this is creating this deep connection, the secure roots of a deep connection, because again, that is the tool that really helps make everything having to do with discipline and creating this foundation for a lifelong strong relationship comes down to the work that you do in the early years to set up that foundation and to maintain it as the child continues to grow and develop. Now, this might all resonate with you. You might say, yeah, I'm a bit of a sculptor and I, I'm gonna try and embrace being more of this gardener, this nurturing alpha. 
Or maybe you have that intention already. Maybe the way in which you do intend to show up for a parent is similar to that of the gardener, the nurturing alpha, but you just have trouble executing it. So I wanna talk really briefly about some common barriers that can get in the way of parents actually getting grounded and putting action to their intention of how they wanna show up as a parent. One factor can be parents who struggle themselves with maintaining their own emotional regulation. This can happen, of course, if there are parents who are experiencing a lot of stress, outside stressors, job, financial relationship. It can um, be difficult to regulate your emotions if you've got a lack of support, your threat, your spread so thin that you're always um, showing up on empty. Um, and it can also be other factors like mental illness, anxiety, depression, addiction that also can make it very difficult for a parent to be grounded and maintain their emotional regulation. It's really important if this kind of sounds like you that you identify solutions to these barriers because they're keeping you from being able to show up as parents within your intention. So if that means coming up with an exercise plan to help you with your stress, great, do that. If it means doing the work to identify your triggers, times when you lose your cool and fly off the handle, working with a therapist to address those and heal from maybe some wounds of the past that are uh, part of why you are easily triggered, then seek the support of a therapist. You may need to find a creative outlet, something that helps you restore your own mental health so you're at your best. And then certainly finding the supportive, um, support of a community, either a parenting group, a spiritual community, an online membership community that can really help you become grounded and learn how to um, be able to regulate your emotions and not be um, so inclined to maybe constantly parent in survival mode, which often lends to yelling and parenting practices that we do not want to, um, to use. Another barrier that can get in the way of showing up the way in which we intend is the lack of practice or not really being exposed to um, making sense of child behaviors, decoding behaviors, identifying the cause. Um, sometimes parents uh, skip the step and they just go straight into uh, making judgments about their child and their behavior, saying things like, oh, my child just likes being controlled or control freak or oh, my child enjoys pushing buttons. Um, sometimes parents will literally diagnose their children and they'll say things like, I'm worried my child might be a narcissist. They seem to have no empathy. Or, you know, my child seems almost bipolar. I'm worried maybe that they have bipolar disorder. And this has been said to me before in my parent coach practice. And I say, well, how old is your child? Three. And I, you know, have a little bit of a chuckle along with the parents to say, gosh, all children and young immature children, gosh, their behavior all day long can fit the description of all kinds of diagnosable conditions. Um, the reality is they're just young, immature children needing a lot of support and guidance and understanding, not typically, not almost never, so that they're a sociopath, um, which also has been said before in my um, parent coach practice. Um, Sometimes what gets in the way of being able to kind of make sense of child behaviors and their emotions is that parents don't have, a, it's a parent who maybe doesn't have a lot of insight into their own emotions, their own feelings and making sense of those. So it's really difficult to be able to help a child make sense of their emotions and their feelings 
when a parent doesn't have a lot of insight into their owns. Uh, one of my favorite books I recently read, Atlas of the Heart by um, esteemed research professor and speaker and author, Brene Brown, um, she writes the following. Here's a quote of hers from that book, Atlas of the Heart. Our connection with others can only be as deep as our connection with ourselves. If I don't know and understand who I am and what I need, want, and believe, I can't share myself with you. So if you take that and apply that to a parenting perspective, if you don't feel a connection with yourself and your feelings and emotions, there's work to be done there. That's actually a great book. That could be a really wonderful resource to kind of tap into feelings and emotions and put language to it to make sense of it first for yourself and then for your child. Another thing that can get in the way of parents being grounded is difficulty setting boundaries and limits. None of us enjoy seeing our children upset, and some people really struggle when they're the one that is setting the boundary or giving the limit that might result in a child being upset or mad at us. Um, and that is something that is uh, can get in the way and make it difficult to really take on that alpha role in terms of the nurturing alpha. Another thing, um, sometimes parents fear that, oh, gosh, if I set boundaries or limits that it was going to impact, negatively impact our relationship, make it less strong. In fact, the opposite is true. And again, I'll get into that a bit more um, when we're talking about um, discipline specifically. Um, and another thing is sometimes parents don't have practice with setting boundaries. They haven't had a lot of modeling of that in their own upbringing or in their day-to-day -day life, and therefore setting boundaries and limits is just something that they struggle with in general, but especially as a parent. The fourth thing I wanted to highlight that can get in the way of being really grounded as a parent is just having a lack of confidence. And that looks sometimes like an inconsistent approach. Um, sometimes it looks like communicating through either our actions or our words that we don't know what we're doing. Saying to our kids, I don't know what to do with you is communicating that you're not confident. You're not communicating that you're up to the task of meeting the needs of your child. And that could really keep you from feeling grounded. And then the last part is um, of lacking confidence is just having a lot of self-doubt, a lot of worry that you're doing it wrong, that you're not meeting needs of your child, that you don't know how to do this parenting thing. And so again, you end up going into this position of either beating yourself up or being in this constant pursuit of answers, tools, trips, anything that can help. I can relate to a lot of these things that got in my way in terms of being grounded when I was a new parent. Certainly a lot of those things. And I've had to develop a lot of strategies um, to work on myself, not to, to just focus on the parenting side of things, but to actually work on myself and how I could you know, work to heal some things from my past that are showing up and um, lose, helping getting in the way of me being able to maintain my cool and stay calm when I am tr feeling triggered by my children, learning how to tame and harness and identify those triggers and then deal with them. Um, I've had to create my own you know, strategies to take care of myself. The old cliche, learn how to put the oxygen mask on yourself before you can put it on your child is true. Um, that's something that does not come naturally naturally for me. I'm still a work in progress trying to figure out how to continue to you know, implement self-care strategies, take care of myself, both my physical and mental self so that I can be grounded and showing up whole in all my relationships. But again, we're focusing on parenting relationships in this segment. So 
all these uh, strategies um, that I've developed, uh, that I call the three Ds, the 3D parent model, is really my way to make it much more simple. So when parents are just trying to, in the moment, oh, what am I supposed to do when, how do I show up? There can be a million different ways to show up and respond to various challenges. My goal with the 3D parent model is to help you develop your way of being grounded and focusing on what needs to matter most, making sense of your child, knowing what they need, responding to those needs, nurturing that relationship and guiding your child so they can thrive, grow and flourish, grow and flourish and reach their potential. Um, so closing this out, I want to kind of circle back and touch on what's going on with my firstborn child. I oftentimes share stories about her. Um, I've shared them on my podcast. I share them frequently when talking with parents in my coaching practice. And sometimes parents are like, is she okay? What, what's going on with her? Like you turn things around and now what? Well, I'm proud to report that she's actually a grown adult. She turned 18 this past May. Um, she graduated from high school. And just a little over a week ago, I moved her all the way across the country to um, her new university where she is studying and you know becoming her own um, learning how to become an adult and follow her passions and continue her own journey of um, becoming who she is in this world. I'm incredibly proud of her and her accomplishments and talents, of course, but honestly, what I'm proudest of is our relationship, that we have such an incredibly strong bond that made it through those teen years, which again, can be pretty volatile. We all know that um, and have thrived to a place where our relationship is really solidly rooted. Um, she knows she can turn to me for support and I know that she's capable and I've given her the tools and guided her to be able to make the best decisions, but I'm always here to support her if she needs that. And that's exactly where I'd want things to be. I feel like uh, developing the development of this really strong, more adult relationship that's more like a friend or a mentor, um, but really based around this tight, deep connection and a lot of love. So I'm really, really proud of my daughter and our relationship. Um, and I've learned so much. She, it's true that our kids are our greatest teachers. I've learned so much from her. And I've been lucky enough to put a lot of what I learned in raising my own children into practice before leading others to do so. I would never make any suggestions that I haven't already um, tried with my own family um, or suggested with other people I work with in my coaching practice. Um, so what next? So what's ahead in these next three segments? Um, well, first, I want to... Uh, encourage you to do some reflection. I provided some workbook pages to kind of guide you through doing some reflection, taking an account of where you are currently in your parenting journey. Take a look at like the sculptor versus the gardener, some of that, and also where you are in terms of your intentions and your actions. The actions part, how to kind of match your intentions of how you intend to show up as a parent with your actions, a lot of that is tied into what we'll be talking about in the next three modules, the three Ds. That's how you can kind of match your intention with action. But first, I want you to really do some reflection and determine where you are in terms of how you're showing up. And to do that, I want to provide a little extra motivation and ask a couple big questions, not meant to make you 
you know, feel a sense of guilt or shame, which I hope it doesn't, that's certainly not my intention, but just to motivate you to recognize how important it is to set an intention as a parent and then live up to that intention. So the first question is, are you providing the parenting that will ensure that your child will not need to recover from the parenting you're providing when they're an adult? Are you doing that? Are you providing parenting that is not full of wounding, that is not you know, discounting the uh, dignity that your child deserves? Are you oftentimes you know, not available or flying off the handle? How can you set an intention to provide a childhood that your child's not going to have to recover from? Another motivator, this is something that I did. As I mentioned, I've got a background in the performing arts. Um, I've been hired many times as a professional singer for weddings and also funerals. Um, when I've had the honor of singing at a funeral, I have gotten a chance to kind of listen to people share stories, um, adult children share stories about their deceased, their parents, um, and it's really inspired me and gave me a chance at times in my life where I was not living up to my parenting intentions. It gave me a chance to kind of do that check-in and say, gosh, what kind of things do I want my children to recall from their experience of me as their parent? And how can I set an intention today to parent in a way that I am proud of, that my parent, that my children will um, reflect back upon and feel like they really were um, taken care of, that they really were nurtured, that they were really encouraged, um, and that you were a big piece of that. It's not an ego-driven thing. It's not about what are they gonna say at my funeral and talk about how wonderful I was, but really, what are your children able to say about you as their parent? And then the third kind of thing I wanna walk you through and um, question I wanna ask is, are you parenting in a way that is going to earn you the privilege of a relationship with your children when they are adults. You know, when we have young children, our children are dependent upon us and they're sticking with us no matter what because they kind of have to, they're dependent, they don't have the capacity, the ability to go out on their own. When we have adult children, um, it's a choice and they can choose whether or not they want to maintain a relationship with us. Are you doing right now the groundwork, laying the foundation for uh, the privilege of having a relationship with your child when they're an adult. Again, it's a privilege, it's not a right that you get to have a relationship with your child when they are grown. So again, to help you with this reflection, I want you to go through the workbook pages before um, the next module, module two, and I want you to, um, again, do some intention setting and some investigating. I want to read you one more quote from one of my favorite um, developmental psychologists I'll refer to a lot through these modules, um, Dr. Gordon Newfeld. He, together with um, Gabor Mate, wrote the book, Hold Onto Your Kids. And a quote from that book directly related to what I was just talking about, children do not experience our intentions, no matter how heartfelt. They experience what we manifest in tone and behavior. So the first part is for you to do some reflection and set those intentions. The next three parts are going to be helping you manifest and helping you manifest and show up 
for your children and match your actions in line with your intention. I will see you during the second module, Parenting with Direction. Thank you for joining us. To make a donation, head to eastlakecc.com slash donate.